Hello, I'm Juan Lozano, Agile coach from Spain. Hello, and I'm Marco, and I'm an Agile coach from Germany. Welcome to the Agile World Podcast. Today's topic is OKRs, hype or entry point for greater effectiveness. Okay, so we said that today's topic is OKRs. And if this is a hype or it's really something valuable for companies and teams. So OKRs, just for the audience that don't know what it is, it's a goal setting framework that uh, some companies such as Intel were using. And um, we are not going to talk too much about exactly how OKRs works in detail. But if you want to know more, there's a book that it's called Measure What Matters that will explain you all the details. Um, but basically, it's structured in objectives and key results. Objective being something that it's uh, looking to the to 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 the future and looking to something great that you want to achieve. And then key results is how you are going to be measuring this outcome that you want to achieve. And you can measure it from different perspectives, right? Marco, what do you think about the OKRs? Are they really hype? Uh, yeah, that's that's actually a really great question again. Um, so I feel it is a hype to a certain extent. Um, and maybe the audience can do this exercise and put OKRs into Google. And I bet you will get thousands of results, right? And, and a lot of people writing blogs about it, about their experiences of what they have experienced in, in introducing OKRs. There are various, you know, kind of practices applied around this uh, whole concept. There are tons of books, I have the feeling. The most prominent one is the one you, you were mentioning already. And, uh, you know, just looking by who wrote the book, right? It was Google coming up with the idea. Obviously, you know, OKRs built on some ideas uh, from previous um, goal-setting frameworks, of course. But Google, again, was the one you know, pushing for this topic. So I think a lot of people get, you know, interested when there is Google and the, you know, the headlines kind of. So I think it is a hype also what you can observe from how many companies actually try out OKRs. And I was saying trying out because there are many pitfalls, right? And many things that you can do very good and very wrong, but maybe we'll come to that later. Um, so yes, for me, it's, in, it's a hype kind of. Um, but it's also an entry point for greater effectiveness and, and coming to, I think the word effectiveness um, already contains a certain notion about OKRs, I would say, because it's not about efficiency, right? Like other goal setting frameworks might have looked more at efficiency, like how good are we going to, you know, uh, execute on our activities, you know, and, and how much resources, capacity, whatever we spent on this. And as you introduce the objective terminology it's really about you know looking at outcomes so that's more like are we building the right things for, for for our customers out there right and that looking at effectiveness so yeah my first answer would be yeah effectiveness could be a great entry point right like OKRs but how do you feel about it totally I, I do agree with uh, everything what you said basically um, for me OKRs I think that when the first the first people read what is OKRs about, they, they think that it's not rocket science at all, and that they can do it very quickly. Uh, and what they do is they continue doing the same that they are doing, but phrasing things a bit different to match what the framework is asking, but they are not even grasping the potential of this tool, right? Mm -hmm. um, because, uh, and, and 
I've been quite always uh, strongly opinionated about that we should adapt the tools to how we want to behave and not our behavior to the tools. Mm-hmm. But there's something important and it's you can do really this when you understand what is behind those tools, right? So it's not that, yeah, we want to apply Scrum, mm-hmm. but in, we continue to, uh, working in waterfall just with the sprints. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But once you really know what is Scrum about, there is no problem to adapt it to the behaviors that you want as a company. And here, I think the Nokia has happened something really similar that people are trying to adapt the tool to the behaviors that they were already using instead of really understanding what this is about. Mm-hmm. And OKRs, as, as you mentioned, it's about what do we really want to achieve? What are the outcomes that we want to pursue as a company? And that implies a really big change of mindset that most companies doesn't do when, when they start uh, with this framework, right? Yeah, yeah. Do you have an idea what kind of prevents us from changing our mindset and what kind of mindset we have learned uh, that is, you know, making us hard to, as you said, right, to use uh, 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 the the tool in the right way. Um, Do you have any idea on this? I think that uh, the first thing for me, it's, uh, and it will sound a bit like cheesy, but uh, I think the leadership style, it's something very important that should come before talking about OKRs or not. I think that if you have a leadership style in your company, that it's more a control, controlling type style that that executive or leads, they want to know every single thing that the teams are doing, then maybe OKRs is not the framework that you should use mm-hmm. because the, it's going against this or you're going to be using the tool for something that it was not meant to. And then you will start thinking like OKRs doesn't work. And it's not that OKRs doesn't work. OKRs doesn't work for the purpose that you are trying to put this to work. Yeah. That is controlling tasks or initiatives from teams. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. The true potential of OKRs will be delivered when you give teams self-organization or you will give teams autonomy. But autonomy doesn't come for free, right? Mm-hmm. So you need to give a strong guidance to teams in order for them to be able to be autonomous. And I feel sometimes that we confuse also this terminology and we or give control we, we control the teams so we don't give them autonomy or we left them like alone, mm-hmm. which is also not autonomy at all. Right? If everybody goes in a different direction and there's no alignment between them, there is no way where they can um, this, this framework can work. Yeah. Do you have also an idea on why, because we were talking about leadership, right, and giving up control, and I just put myself into the shoes of an SMT, right, and I have such a or SMT member, and I could imagine that I would have really great accountability, you know, and that I would be interested in, as you said, like knowing what my teams are doing. Why do you think it's so hard for us people, uh, human beings, or even like SMT members in those positions to give up that control? That's a very good question. And I must confess that they will struggle to answer that question mm-hmm. because I think for that, I will need to really understand what they think um, because it's not in my nature to, to control topics. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel that 
when you reach the point to be a C-level in a company, is because you earn a lot of knowledge and experience on a specific topic, right? So if you are the CTO, then you gain a lot of knowledge in engineering and technology. If you are the CPO, you gain a lot of knowledge in product development. Mm -hmm. So I think that, and the memory makes me remember another book that it's what bring you here will will not keep you there, right? Yeah. That uh, a colleague of us was showing that book to us um, not, not that much, uh, long ago. And it's, you gain that experience that you think that you know how things should be done, mm -hmm. right? Because you had the experience and you left a lot of things. And, and I feel that it's, let me do this comparison with parenting that, you know, you've been through a lot of things and you don't want your kids to go through the same things yeah. because you already know what will happen. But if you don't let your kids to experiment, they will never learn why they shouldn't do some things. I love that analogy, to be honest. Not only because I know that we are both, you know, just 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 became a father. So I yeah. can totally relate to that. And it will make me think uh, when my son will come back um, on, on what I do and what I don't and, and shouldn't. Uh, but yeah, really, really great observation uh, that, that you mentioned. Uh, and it touches again leadership, right? And, and how we perceive leadership and what kind of leadership mm -hmm. style uh, we actually expect uh, also from different levels. And as you said, I, I also happen to observe that, um, um, and I don't want to put too much emphasis on SMTs here, but especially SMTs, as they feel they have so much accountability, they can't yeah. delegate that accountability. At least this is the feeling, right? And maybe to some extent it's true. But it's really, really hard for them to accept that they shouldn't be the ones solving all the problems out there, right? Um, mm -hmm. And accepting this is, uh, yeah, maybe a first step. A first step. Uh, maybe I don't think that they think that they should be the ones solving each problem that exists. But it's rather that people should solve the problems as I would. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think that it's easier to give accountability to people that think in the same way that we think, because we know that they will um, they will get the same decisions as we would. But of course, this is in, in a company, depending on the size, yeah. this is almost impossible. You, it is not possible that you get um, 1,000 people to think in the same way that the C-level is thinking. Mm -hmm. Right, mm -hmm. and I think it's here when 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 the, these powerful tools such as OKRs enter into place. Coming back to, to the topic of the question, mm -hmm. because it will bring you enough direction mm -hmm. to go in to 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 go in the right direction. If you allow me to say this, yeah. But it's not enough control for people for not being able to take decisions based on their own experience and knowledge. Yeah, yeah, agree. And actually just triggered something in, inside me thinking about control, right? And I think in the past we defined control as something like um, what we believe we can actually control for, like looking at the future, right? We, I think we have that bias to think that we can, you know, we, we know what will happen in the future, but it's not like that, right? And I feel sometimes that what we do then is we kind of try to break the future down and activities that we believe will need to happen and if as soon as we put those activities, it helps us to, you know, to feel in control of what will happen. Yeah. Um, while OKRs actually make 
a different definition for control, at least I feel so, because it's more like, you know, you move fast to learn fast. And that's why you are always aware of what the situation is like that you're in. And that gives you control and the ability to plan the next iteration, right? But this is another way on how you could approach control. And I think that's maybe, uh, you know, mindset shift is a buzzword, but that's, you know, the bias that you have to overcome, I, I feel a little bit. Totally. And Marco, do you think that these other major blockers are part of leadership? That is what we're talking about from since the beginning now. Um, what are the other blockers or pitfalls that usually companies fall when when they try to apply this uh, framework? Mm -hmm. um, I think you were, you were mentioning uh, a one important thing already implicitly, which is the, the accompanying of the whole organization, especially the teams, right? You were mentioning like, um, um, letting teams alone, you know, just saying like, now we want to do OKRs wouldn't do much help. So I think a company, as soon as it decides to go for that framework, not only should be very clear on why they do this and how it could help to steer their business better, you know, so it's also a question like what kind of goal setting framework do we need to steer our business? And you need to answer that question first, I guess, to you make the decision. But as soon as you have made the decision for OKRs, I think there is lots of educational work needed, you know, in terms of training, but also in terms of accompanying teams um, and also giving the, them the opportunity to learn, right? And not to fall into that self-fulfilling prophecy of handing, you know, autonomy to teams and empower teams. And then after one quarter, and maybe you have to explain that, right, OKRs, think in quarters, right? Think in iterations. Coming back to my thought, like to not let teams fail after one quarter and say something like, yeah, I knew it, right? Now it's time to take control again. So it's really about letting, as you said, and, and that's the example I think you make with the, with the kid and parenting, let them make their own experience because we all have the potential to learn, right? We love learn, uh, to learn, right? And, and, and we will do the best out of it. I strongly believe that. Um, so it's also mm -hmm. granting teams and people time to learn about this. Um, and another thing that I was thinking about recently actually is how much are you in touch with your customer out there? <laughs> because I see a lot of companies, you know, struggling a little bit with uh, being in touch with customers. You know, there are a lot of companies saying we are customer centric, but how many touch points do they really have, you know, on a weekly base, for instance? And objectives and key results, especially objectives, right? They try to define an outcome that you want your ideally customers to experience. But how can you define the outcomes and the objectives if you not know what your customers feel and need and wish and have pain points for? And that limits very much, I think, the potential of really driving powerful outcomes. And what you can see is then that objectives are kind of misused and all the internal activities that we have in mind are translated into something that we consider objectives then in the end. So to answer your question, I really believe that touch with your customer out there is an essential uh, to consider. I don't know, how, well, do you see it the same way? Or am I exaggerating here a bit? No, no, not at all. Uh, and I think that you touched something really, really good that is the customer centricity that uh, I believe that 
would be an entire topic to have a one podcast only talking about customer centricity, right? Um, but it's true that I, I feel that a lot of companies talk about customer centricity and they have different definitions for customer centricity. And uh, it's for sure something that the companies needs to, need to talk about. Also, Marco, I was reflecting a lot about OKRs and so on. And you said that OKRs work in quarters, mm-hmm. right? It, it feels for me that it's something, and allow me to do this comparison again, like Scrum, right? Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. a start and a stop framework. Yeah. You know, you start the sprint, you stop a sprint, you check and you continue. And I feel that OKR is the same. You start the, the, the OKR cycle, you do things, and then you stop the OKR cycle, check and do another one. And the question that I was having is, we know that there's another framework in, in development that it's, a, that it's Kanban, right? That it's not start and stop, it's a continuous process. Do you think also there's an opportunity for OKRs to become more kind of a continuous process instead of a stop and start? Oh, wow, that's, that's, that, that's a really good question. I think I will have to think about this uh, for, for a couple of seconds, to be honest. Do, do you have a spontaneous answer to that? Like asking yourself that question? Yeah, I thought a bit about it. And, and I think that first of all, it will require a really big maturity in OKRs. So everyone, uh, the company that have been doing OKRs for quite some time now, maybe years where they understand why behind it and everything. So there is not this need of um, aligning everyone again on what we want to achieve with the framework itself, right? But I think that it could be if you, because I think that finding objectives to, to, to focus, most likely when you are doing the exercise, you will find more objectives than the ones that you're capable to focus. Mm-hmm. True. And that could build kind of a backlog, and let me use iPhones here, kind of a backlog of objectives that you could look in a period of time, right? And they may even be some objectives where you cannot measure it right now. Yeah. Because you have KPIs that will tell you if you achieve the, the success or not. So maybe it's worth to invest a bit of time to prepare those objectives that will come in the future to be really understanding if we can make a success on, on them or not. So this will brings a bit of the product development mindset onto the OKR framework. Yeah. And, and I feel that sometimes those two processes are very, very similar. And they have some touch points and, and companies are treating this as two different things. But for me, it's kind of one is part of the other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah, never thought about this, to be honest, but it just, again, triggered something in me, which, uh, because when you said like, OKRs think in cycles, and we consider this very much as like start, stop, continue kind of, right? And Mm -hmm. as you said, right, OKRs shouldn't be about, or I think there is even greater potential if we would treat OKRs the way you just explained, because it would allow us to not only react to what's out there, but to actually proactively shape what's out there, right? Because if you would consider what, as you put the backlog of of objectives, you could also strategically think whether there's one objective that you want to push, you know, into a certain direction. And I think every company being out there operating on the markets 
should have the ambition to not only react to something, but to be innovative, right? To be the driver, to, to push for certain trends in the industry. And you're not going to do this if you just play the reaction game to what happens in the quarter, right? Uh, so I really, really like that, that thought. Yeah. Exactly. And, and in the end, in the fast changing world that we are living or the VUGA environment that we live, if you are not really proactive, in this sense, most likely you won't you won't have a future. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So I think that in the end we are touching something that is as basic as the company survival for for long term uh, in, in the long term period, right? In short term, doesn't matter because you can do multiple things, right? But it, it, it's in the long term. Yeah, yeah. Who wins the race? It's the one that focuses on the long term, not in the short term. Yeah. True. And I, I was just reflecting on our question, right? Because we asked whether it's a hype or it's an entry point for greater effectiveness, right? We on purpose wanted to talk about effectiveness. But I think with the point that you just opened and treating something um, in a very continuous way helps you also to become more efficient. Right, because mm -hmm. you're not only focused on the right things operationally, but also strategically. But you know, you would apply that proactive mindset that will help you to, you know, work on the right things. And by working on the right things, you know, you will become more efficient as a company because you will be, you know, allocating your people to the right topics out there. Totally. So it's not only about effectiveness, but also about efficiency. But I think there is, the, it's the right way to start with effectiveness and then think about, you know, how to do the right things in a good way <laughs> and not the other way around. And I think coming back to what we said earlier about the controlling mindset, it's the other way around. We just think on how to execute efficiently and hopefully we do the right things by that, right? But we can't really measure it against it. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and maybe just as a final reflection, um, Yes, we talk about effectiveness, maybe just a sneak peek. But for me, OKRs is a really great tool to measure how effective we are. Mm -hmm. And this is because it's you are really measuring the impact that you are having, mm -hmm. right? It's the idea behind it. You're measuring if you're having an impact or not, not doing a checklist of things that you need to do. Yeah. Because if you do 10 things, but none of them changes the, the the metric that you're measuring or none of them change, achieve the outcome that you want to achieve, mm -hmm. then as you've done nothing, mm -hmm. right? And it's not about efficiency. It's, it's about how effective we are as, as companies and organizations. Yeah. With all the things that we discuss, right? Do you think, like I have two questions formulated in one maybe. <laughs> Do you think there is any shortcoming in the way OKRs are described right now that lead to certain you know, pitfalls and failures? And the second question I was asking myself then, do you think we should or we would need to adjust the OKR framework and make very visible the touch points to product development you were raising, Scrum maybe, Kanban? You know, you know what, I'm, what I'm, uh, I'm trying to reflect on? Totally. Um... I think that the, it, it's important that every company finds their way. 
um, as for me, is the same thing for teams. Each team should find their own way of, of achieving the, their goals, right? Mm -hmm. But I really believe that OKRs, it's a process that was isolated from an environment. And if you try to put this isolated piece on other environments, it's kind of feel that there's something missing. Mm -hmm. So I really think that we need to look at OKRs as, as one part of, the, of a system. And we need to look a bit broadly about how OKRs fits into everything else. Mm -hmm. And yes, I'm always missing this part in, in, in most of frameworks because they, they describe something really concrete, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's when the frameworks go across and then get viral because people yeah. is, it's able to understand this small piece. But you don't have the overall picture of a system. And actually every company has a different system. Mm -hmm. But if you, if you don't know, how to proceed, you should have a guidance. It's like, if you have a team that never work in, in Agile and you want them to start, you need to give them some, something, right? Mm -hmm. And it's where you give uh, Scrum or Kanban or, or whatever you want to give them, but you give them something to start and then they shape it. And I think that here it's what most companies would need is to understand the whole system. If you don't know how OKRs interact with product development, do it like this. If you don't know how OKRs uh, interact with how we, uh, to talk about company strategy, it's like this. And if the, in the end you find a better way for your company, great. Yeah. But if you don't know, here's a guidance. And I think there's a lot of lack uh, of this type of thinking on mm -hmm. all the different frameworks that I know about uh, pro development or uh, goal setting frameworks and so on. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking about relating to what you said, a real life example of a team that I was working with, you know, um, uh, uh, trying to explain them the notion of OKRs and also the cycle that comes with it, right? Because OKRs come with the idea, you know, to reflect on what you did and achieved by the end of the quarter, let's, let's put it this way. And it's called like review meeting, right? And then there is also the retrospective reflecting on the process that you made as a team working with the framework itself. And a lot of people ask me then like, but does it mean that we have another retrospective meeting, another review meeting besides that we have, you know, doing the scrum framework. And also now you come with the idea that there is someone called the OKR master. What is that guy doing compared to the scrum master? You know, this is not working out because it, it adds too much things that we might already have and, and stuff, right? And this reminds me of what you just said. I think we need to think more how to interlink all the different concepts to make it not only a hype topic that right, we try out once, but also we use it as an entry point for greater effectiveness, not only to do OKRs effectively, but to steer our company and everyone working in the company effectively, basically, right? So that might be also my conclusion to the question that we had in the beginning. And I think that's a great conclusion. Marco, Thank you so much for your time and thanks all the audience for joining this second episode of our Agile World podcast. Thank you. See you soon. See you soon. <laughs>